Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. My name is John Seattle. I'm the pastor of Family Ministry here, which means uh, I have the privilege, the honor to get to work with really kids, students, and parents in discipleship, journeying with families uh, through discipleship and watching the work of the Lord in and through our families. Um, Hopefully, if you know me, uh, I pray that my passion for ministry and this church shines bright, that you guys are aware how much I love the blessing and the opportunity that I have to be a part of this church. In fact, one of the questions that often comes out of that is people asking me, John, like, what led you to ministry? And to be honest with you, I I believe God did a number of things that led me to this point. Uh, and is still doing a number of things. I think he put a call on my heart. I believe that he opened up certain doors. But without a question in my mind, I would not be where I am today without God putting certain people in my life. There are certain people that I believe have really mentored, discipled, encouraged, spoken truth and life into me, that I wouldn't be where I am today without them. I'd like you for a second to think about people that have invested that have impacted your life. Think about them, seriously. Who is that person? Maybe you have a name in mind. Maybe you have a specific season or moment in your life where they spoke truth or they came alongside you or they encouraged you in some way. Truth is, my list is is really long. I've been so blessed. But just to speak to a couple of those names, I, I think back to high school and my student pastor who came alongside me and spoke truth in life and, you know, invested a lot of time at different moments. I, I honestly think back to and still to this day am grateful for the Parker family. Dory and Steve have truly taught me what leadership means, what caring looks like, how to be a good husband in this stage. Um, they've taught me how to eat really well. Um, Dory's a fantastic cook, if you don't know that. Um, Needless to say, there are still people in my life to this day, like pastors, that pour in that I talk to on a regular basis. It is so important that we have those people along our journey. So listen, I I don't want to be the only one that shares. I want to hear from you. So I'm going to literally ask, raise your hand, share a person in your life, if you're bold enough. We're going to come around with a mic. And I'd love to hear, seriously, maybe just sharing like who that person is and and maybe in a sentence or two, how they made an impact on your life. If you're online, please share. Uh, We'd love to communicate in the chat. So who's going to be first? Love it. Right here. Ian's going to be our mic runner today. Thank you, Ian. Hi, everyone. I'm Wendy Hunt, and I was brought here by a friend, Karen Mullen, who shared this place with me, and I couldn't be more grateful. I was baptized in November, and I'm committed to Jesus and this family. It's a wonderful place. Thank you. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Love hearing that. Who else would like to share? Right here. Calvin. My mom and my cousin. I love that. Praise God. Praise God. I love that. Who else is bold? Who else? Perfect. Right here. Love it. Excellent. I want to give thanks for my father who's in heaven now, but he taught me to search scripture for myself, and he taught 
me how to give thanks to God and to praise Him both now and through eternity. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who else would like to share? I ah, right over here, Sophia. Um, probably my mom and dad, Lauren Delano and uh, Don Delano, because uh, through my adoption process, they just provide me with a home and a lot of love from different people. So I just want to say I love you guys. Oh, praise you. the Lord. How about one more? One more. Right over here. Perfect. We're going to make you run, Ian. Thank you, Ian. How about that effort? Love it. Thank my father, who was in a near-fatal car accident when I was a child. Um, he had his coming-to-Jesus moment in the hospital. He then spent 10 years studying the Word, filling our home full of books from floor to ceiling, and that's setting an example for me as a child to learn and to study and to seek God. Ah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I honestly think we could spend the rest of service sharing about people who have made an impact in our lives. And the truth is, the work of that person, individual, or group of people in that season is really irreplaceable, right? That, that group of people or that person that spoke truth in life is something that we need. Church, today we are continuing our study in Gloriously Woven. And the topic that we're talking about today is intergenerational. What does it look like for the church to be intergenerational? Not just generations existing in the church, but generations pouring into one another. We're going to be studying God's word and talking about some different passages this morning. So let me just open us up with a word of prayer before we jump in. God, we love you. We are grateful for you. Thank you for the work that you are doing in and through us, Lord. I pray that your hand would continue to guide our path, to lead our steps, that you would be active and moving in this place. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As a part of our message series, we've been in Ephesians chapter 4. So I'm going to encourage you, grab that Bible or take yours out. We're going to open up to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple verses for us as we open up our time today. Now, we've been talking about Ephesians chapter 4 and how God has intended for us to be gloriously woven together, impacting one another. And as we discussed that this morning, I want you to think about it through the lens of generations. I want you to think about it through the lens of generations. As you guys have probably noticed, like our service looks a little different. We've got multiple generations represented here today. And I believe this is what the church is intended to be. Multiple generations gathered together, united under one mission. So let us begin reading in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. As we hear that passage, is there a word that sticks out to you? Hopefully you are paying attention to the word one, maybe, maybe not. If you're not, that's okay. You got it now. 
One, right? We talked about one so many times. One body, one church, one God, one Father, one, 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 one. I think it's important for us to recognize Paul's intentionality to communicate unity. Now, let me be clear. There is a huge difference between unity and uniformity, right? Unity is the idea of different people with different perspectives, positions, uh, maybe life situations, circumstances, etc., united together under one common mission. Uniformity is simply clones of one another, repetitively, rep- repetitively together, and if you don't fit this certain mold, you need to leave. The church is not called to just some to, to uniformity, but to unity. Some different areas that we see unity. Races. It does not matter what race you are. We are united under the mission of our Lord and Savior. At the end of the day, your political beliefs and stances do not exclude you from the church, from the body of Christ united under one mission. And for today's conversation... The generations that exist, young or old, or anything else in between, does not exclude a single person from the body of Christ. You know, I have to tell you, uh, a couple months ago, someone was having a really rough day, had some interaction with someone, and they were kind of venting to me. And as they were venting, they just said, man, I like we are in so much trouble as the church. The millennials, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember walking away from the conversation going, I am a millennial. Uh, I'm not sure how to take this right now. And I, I left feeling really discouraged, feeling like, man, like that person has no hope for us. Man, I, I don't, I understand just venting in that moment, but what divisiveness creeps in when we start to look at different, de- de- uh, as we start to look at different generations as separate rather than apart. I cannot emphasize this enough. And I think there's multiple angles to approach this from. I'm not going to label which generation or where you fit, but if you would consider yourself an older generation, you have a responsibility to be investing in the younger. And if you are a part of the younger generation, you have a responsibility to be heeding the wisdom that is provided for us. And we're going to study that as we go through God's word today. Church, we are called to be intergenerational. I'm going to invite Calvin Kim up. He's going to be sharing a verse, a couple verses out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to encourage you to listen very closely for the commands God gives. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. (laughs) Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Thank you, Calvin. Thank you for reading. What was that command given? What was that command given? Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit, when you lie, when you rise, regardless of where you are. Tell your children about God. 
Listen, we see passages in scripture where this was not accomplished and actually it led to turmoil. How many people in the room have ever read the book of Judges? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want to see. Raise your hand. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to summarize the whole book of Judges in like 30 seconds. All right? Ready for this? Pretty simple. Generation turns away from God and serves idols. God gives them into evil oppressors and allows them to have their way. They're oppressed for many years, and then they end up calling out to God for a savior. God sends a judge. The judge delivers them. They live in peace, and then they forget all about God again, and they repeat the whole cycle, like a lot. You probably, you should read the whole book, but let me tell you, it happens like a bunch. They just forget. Judges 2.10 literally says, after that, the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. What a shortcoming. We have a responsibility, a command to invest and impart not only who God is, but what he has done for us. We are called to invest, to teach, to command, so that the next generation that rises up knows the Lord, knows the work of his hands, and does not repeat the sin or the brokenness that exists that we fell short on. We are called to disciple. Not only are we called to the disciple of the younger generation, but we also see biblical examples where the younger generation is called to listen to the wisdom. Solomon, Solomon is passing and he appoints his son, Rehoboam, as the king. And Rehoboam, after his father's kingdom, seeks the counsel of the elders and he goes, listen, what kind of king should I be? And the elders say, listen, your father was a good man, but he taxed the people so much. Be easy, be gentle, be kind-hearted. So Rehoboam takes this and then he goes to his friends and he asks his friends, what kind of king should I be? And his friends say, you know your father's waist? It's not nearly as thick as your pinky. You will be 10 times harder on the people. Rehoboam took the advice of his friends rather than the counsel of the elders. And do you know what it led to? The division of Israel. North and south kingdom. Hardship, brokenness. The turning away of, uh, of literally separation. Like, not only do we have a responsibility to pour in the younger generation, but the younger generation has a responsibility to listen and heed the advice, the wisdom that is given to us. We are called to be intergenerational. It is clear that God commands us to share wisdom and truth and for that to be passed down from generation to generation to generation. We, we have a calling to be a part of discipleship. For each and all, whether here at Southridge or even just in our own lives, imparting God's word. And not only is it a command that we must follow, but I also truly believe that as we invest in others, we ourselves are discipled and grow. At this time, I'm going to invite up our next reader who's going to be reading out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. And as she reads out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, I just want to highlight, like this is a letter from Paul to Timothy of a letter which he is penning and literally writing to Timothy, someone that he has discipled and invested in. And these are Paul's words. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, 
In keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God when I, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Amen. Paul writes this letter to Timothy, and as he's penning the words onto paper, he literally says, Timothy, you are such an encouragement to me. You bolster my faith. As I invest in you, I am encouraged. Paul is discipling, and as he disciples, he sees Timothy and his faith growing. And as Timothy's faith grows, his own faith grows. What a powerful testimony to investing. You know, I, I truly can't put this better than, than two volunteers that I really respect and admire. Some of you may be familiar with the Gilcrests. They're wonderful, wonderful people who serve literally weekly in our SR Kids area. And, and Rich will consistently come up to me and I'll say, hey, Rich, how are you doing? And Rich will say to me, listen, John, I'm so blessed because as I disciple young children, my faith grows. My faith grows. Have you ever asked a child what they think about scripture? You will get an unfiltered response. And you'll get some really hard questions. I'm just warning you right now. So be ready. But it's true, not only in that, but also in our preparation to teach our younger children, our younger students, maybe even those who are younger in the faith. We are called to be intergenerational. You know, uh, when I was at college, many of the seniors at college would move off campus it gave them another level of freedom. They were able to do what they wanted. And I remember somebody coming up to me, and they said, John, you're a senior. Like, why are you moving off campus? And I remember, I remember looking him dead in the eyes and going, like, are you kidding me? I need the freshmen. And they were like, what? Who needs the freshmen? Like, why do you want to? I was like, no, no, no. I need to be around the freshmen because they prevent me from growing cynical. Freshmen come in, and they're like, sweet, man, bunk beds. This is going to be awesome. Meanwhile, I've been like, oh my gosh, I want my own room so bad. You know, like it, it rejuvenates you. All of a sudden, the cafeteria food is incredible because you're just surrounded by people that are enjoying it. These things that normally at a certain point we start to look at and we're like, oh, whatever. Let me ask you a very, very honest question. You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you, if I were to start preaching on Noah, would be like, oh, I've heard this before. But man, you teach a child about the wonders of building the ark. 
And that animals from all over gathered and they marched onto the ark by the power of God. And then it rained for days and days and days. And you see the work of the Holy Spirit in them and you go, oh my gosh, I am cynical to the message of my Lord. We need to be around those that are growing in the faith because it inspires and sparks a fire within us. Let me tell you, I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, praise God for our students and kids here at Southridge Community Church because they continually light sparks in me to love God more. This past week, we're at VBS, and I'm talking to kids about, you know, Jesus and this and that, and I'm seeing little light bulbs go on, and the whole time, I'm like, God, you are so good. You are so good. Church, we are called to be intergenerational. We are called to be intergenerational, and that means the generations invest in future generations, and younger generations are humble enough to receive what is given, and the wisdom that is presented. That's what it looks like. Not a pushing out. There is no younger generation saying, oh, their views are antiquated, or they're old, or they don't. No, no, no. Please share. I need to hear. And for those that are older saying, no, 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 no. They're not a lost cause. I need to be a part of teaching them God's word. That is what we are called to do. Honestly, it is easier said up here than done. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, literally tells us how we accomplish this. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Do you want to know how the church is unified together? When we are completely humble, gentle, patient, and we bear with one another in love, regardless of the generation, regardless of whatever else. It looks like us coming alongside other people to say, listen, I can learn from you. I can grow from you. I want to understand what you've been through so that I can better understand our Lord and Savior and the work that he's doing in your life. Listen, that could be here at Southridge Community Church volunteering. You may have a neighbor or you may have a friend or a niece or a nephew or a cousin or a whatever. You may have someone that you could think of right now that you may need to be investing in. And there may also in turn be someone that you need to ask to invest in you. Hey, you're, you're two, three steps ahead of me. I, I want to hear. I want to look the way you look. I want to hear what God is doing in your life because I want to be transformed by it as well. Listen, church, we are called to be unified and intergenerational. We are called to be unified and intergenerational. You know, family ministry was an opportunity. We're taking some intentional steps with this over the next couple weeks. Listen, we're, we're going to have everyone first through 12th grade joining us as a part of worship on Sunday morning. And the reason for that is because we want the church body, the church family to worship together. We want us to proclaim the name of Christ. And yes, we're going to dismiss the classrooms and other things, but having a chance to worship here together is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we're making some intentional changes over the next couple weeks for the summer. And I got to tell you right now, it's going to be a great opportunity for you to practice being humble and gentle 
and being patient and bearing with one another. I guarantee it, all right? I'm just warning you right now. And it's going to be awesome. But I do just so want to encourage us. Listen, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're someone who needs to intentionally ask someone else to invest in them. Or maybe you're someone who really intentionally needs to go and get involved in a younger kid or student's life. But regardless of where you are, recognize that the church was never intended to be divided by generations, but united under the mission of Christ. As we close out our message, I'm going to invite the worship team forward. We're going to sing a song together. Uh, It's actually the doxology. Um, I think that's a song. Well, that's a song. Yeah, it's a song. I don't know, maybe it's a hymn, maybe it's a verse, whatever, it doesn't matter. Point is, we're singing it, all right? So, um, but as we sing the song, I just think there's some really, really valuable words in here. You know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm going to bring us back, some of us, I grew up in a small evangelical church where we do this all the time. I'm going to bring you back to some of your maybe older roots. We're actually going to have, we're going to sing this three times, okay? The first time, I'm going to ask all the adults to sing it very loud and prominently. On the second time, I'm going to ask all the students and kids, sing it loud and prominently. And then on the third time, All creatures here below in unison singing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Please stand with me as we join in singing together.
voices one. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. Blessings flow, praise Him, all creatures here below. There is no generational divide. We are united as creatures here. Mankind created in the image of God to glorify, worship, and praise His name. We are the church, and we are called to be intergenerational. Before we leave, I just want to encourage you, if you'd like to receive some prayer, you can come on up front. Additionally, if you just didn't get a chance to share who that person is that made that impact on your life, please come, come talk to me. I'd love to hear. I would love to hear how God has placed people in your life to shape and mold who you are. Let us close out with a word of prayer. Father, Lord, God, give us a desire to be humble. Father, give us a desire to be gentle. Give us a desire to be patient. Father, let us bear with one another in love so that we may be united as your church. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Praise God. Thank you. God bless and have a safe travels home.